Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Dexter J. Tucker. What's going on, fam? How y'all feel? And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. So if this is your first time, welcome. We're here to have really calm, cool, collected conversations about something that impacts everybody, love and relationship. So if you missed last week, yo, you missed a good one. We were... We were joined by Jovan Palmer and we talked about sexual trauma and what it's like to go on that healing journey and to be authentic and to come to the grips with that something happened, but also knowing that there's something on the other side of that pain. So stop. If you if you haven't listened to that one already, go ahead and stop. Go back and listen to that one and then jump back over here for this one. So, Dexter, how you how's your week been so far? You doing all right? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I smoked me a brisket the other week, and yeah, yeah, it was more yeah, cooking. It was more more cooking. cooking we see. We, <laughs> Dexter's cooking page is going to be coming later. So, uh, y'all, we just thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for continuing to listen, get, continuing to give feedback, and I'm just really enjoying these conversations. Like you guys are picking some great topics, and we're just selecting topics that you guys are choosing. And we want to have these conversations because we believe that conversations are what's going to change the needle. We I'm not I'm not bold enough to think that I have all the relationship information in my own circle of influence. But I know friends who have friends who have overcome in certain areas Mm -hmm. and they're actually getting victory in areas of their life. So why not have these conversations with a bunch of people so that we can all grow together? And so that's why we're here. This is why we do the podcast. But guess what? We have another great guest who's going to be joining us. Let me go ahead and get him in here. All right, sir. Go ahead. Give us your introduction. Please introduce yourself. What's up, y'all? My name is Quest Green. I am professional marriage and life coach, um, director of Thank God I'm Married for Eric Thomas and Associates, CEO of The Greenhouse, where we grow marriages through love, lifestyle, and legacy. Um, serving a guy, friend to man, and I think that's about it right there, Joe. You feel me? <laughs> you see, I don't see you. I, think, I believe people can always introduce themselves better than I could. <laughs> I think that's it right there, though. I think we good right there. How y'all good, been? Good. Good, good, good. So what we want to do, we like to uh, have a little segment where we can get to know our guests mm-hmm. a, a little bit better. So I got some some random questions. Okay. Um, very random. Um, it, it's going to be semi-personal. It, okay. It's not too personal, but okay. when I ask this, people often like start getting a little nervous. So mm-hmm. um, I guess they think that this is a private question, like one of those private things that you don't share with everybody because people may judge you. Mm-hmm. But 
Quest, what is one thing that is on your Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime watch list? What are you watching? Um, I it, it, this is this is like people are gonna think like this is crazy, but ever so often I watch the entire series at least once a year of the Cosby Show, at least wow. once a year from beginning to end. Like I just get in this mood of that. Like and every time I watch the series, I get a whole new gem. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't say a whole new gem, a list of different gems because it, it gave us, you know what I'm saying? A whole new perspective on mm -hmm. marriage and family in a way that we had never seen marriage and family before, especially coming up in the places that we came up. Like my parents got divorced when I was in the second grade. You feel me? And one of the things that I love watching, it is funny enough because it was during those times that I was watching the Cosby show. You wow. feel me? And so um, to go back and watch it, it's always a joy. It always brings me like a good vibe, a good feeling. So that's one. Um, the other thing that I'm watching right now, I just finished, uh, just finished watching for the very first time was Game of Thrones. Oh, man. Uh, uh, bruh, th this is one of the illest eight seasons of illest. just like like perfection. Yes. I, I am hot a little bit though, Dex, because at the I, end of I, the doggone series, it man. did not end the way that I wanted it to end. I did not want to see uh, uh, your girl Daenerys die. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to see that. Uh, I, I, I loved when Cersei got exactly what she was looking for. Ramsey got exactly what he Oh, had. yes. Oh, uh, it was a point where that people was making me mad, but those are the two things, right? And I'll never watch them series again with my wife because we was been watching and staying up until late hours, and I didn't get Jack done, so I'm not watching no more series with her. Yeah, but those okay. are the two: the Cosby Show, and I just got finished watching Game of Thrones. So yeah, cool, cool. So every Friday we have mm -hmm. a Instagram live show that we do. It's called Sip Slow. Where okay. we sip our favorite drinks and we just talk about different relationship topics that are coming up during the week. So, mm -hmm. Quest, what would you say is one of your favorite drinks or beverages? And remember, mm -hmm. this is a judgment-free zone. Uh, this right here would be Essential. one of my favorite Essentia. Uh, <laughs> I think I no, I no, it's a problem. I got a case sitting over there on the floor of Essentia. Like I buy it by the case, so I might, I might need to buy stock in Essentia. Um, and that's where I'm at in this season. Um, that's my favorite drink right now is Essentia. Um, when I'm going to work out, orange juice is my thing because I always need high glycemic uh, stuff uh, when I'm working out. Um, uh, uh, and I think that's probably about it for this season. Yeah. Hey, hey I can't even lie. One thing that I've been like kind of hooked on lately mm. is sorrow. And my mother-in-law makes the best. Mm. Bro, bro. Bro, you need to taste my mother's sorrow then. <laughs> See, now this is gonna go down a rabbit hole. Who's sorrow? Well, well, there's some there's some things that my mother puts in the sorrow. Like one of the things is all spice, not like the grated, like the whole the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then she pours a cap full of that in into the you know what I'm saying? That Ray Uncle Ray and his nephew, you know, goes into the you know what I'm saying? And makes it ever so nice after that. So, yeah, that's that's for all the yardies and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a West Indian thing I had to throw in there real quick. But thank you. Thank you for sharing the, that little bit of information with us. Yes, Hopefully indeed. you guys are able to get a little bit 
more information on who Quest is, what he likes to watch, and what he likes to drink. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and get into this topic today. It's one that's been highly requested, and especially during this pandemic time. And just specifically for millennials, like period, we're hitting that age where we're going through a lot of life changes and a lot of relationship dynamics are looking a lot different. So let me go ahead and set up the topic this way. So when I was younger, one of my first pets was one of those little Siamese fighting fish from the uh, Walmart. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was like, you know, the real colorful ones, the one that they tell you you can't put in there with other fish because mm -hmm. they'll kill themselves. Mm -hmm. So I tried to be a good steward of the one fish I had. I had a, a fish tank. Mm -hmm. I had the food. I mm -hmm. had the water. I made sure it was clean. I made sure I only did a pinch of fish food in there yeah. to make sure that I did not overfeed it. I don't yeah. know how I was going to overeat because my fingers were really small, but I made sure that I only did a pinch. And I kept that fish alive for a whole three and a half days before one day waking up, cut the little light on, and that joker is floating. Upside Let me tell you guys, yeah. I was heartbroken. You would have thought my mother, father, or my grandparent would have died. I mm -hmm. could not see any kind of way that mm -hmm. I would ever find my happiness. Mm -hmm. I cried on the floor. Mm -hmm. and then my parents asked, do you want to get another one? No, I wanted that one <laughs> back. Like there was no consoling That's right. me. That's right. And, and what's funny is as millennials are getting older, we're having similar experiences in our relationships. Mm -hmm. We are actually getting in these these very emotionally intense relationships, but they are not lasting as long as we thought. Mm -hmm. They are not lasting forever. We are not having happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And in fact, many of them are ending sooner than they started. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things, Quest, and I kind of want to uh start on this level first and it's about expectations mm. so what role do you think expectations play on how we even view relationships in the first place oh they play a major role they play okay you 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 uh do this thing as well so you know exactly where i'm coming from there's a thing called uh attachment uh i want to say is it attachment theory Yep, that's it. Uh, or yep, your 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 attachment style, if you will, and your attachment style as and we 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 saying this basically for the listeners because you know this stuff already is uh, for the most part based in how you were raised from a child, you know, through your adolescent years, then your teenage years, your young adult years, and then up into your adult years, and you carry them over into relationships with you right so it's basically how you were raised how you view your parents relationship if they had a relationship if there was divorce you might have developed your own views as how family dynamics work right and then you know when you get with somebody else your attachment style and their attachment style comes together to form uh, a core pattern if you will right now when you come together to form that core pattern there are some expectations that you have from your partner or of your partner, right? As to how this whole relationship thing is going to work. And when they don't fulfill that, oh man, mm. you know what I'm saying? One wrong word is said and then off to left field we go. You know what I'm saying? You having your first argument or your first disagreement or whatever. The expectations are really big because it's how you come into a relationship with your preconceived notions about how that relationship is going to work 
and what you expect of your partner in order for that to work. Now, communication is a major part of that, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, that as far as I'm concerned, that's how I look at how big expectations are. They really do navigate how you think as to what this relationship is going to be like. Okay, Dexter, let me get your take on that same question. So, like, I, I agree. And I think what happens is one of two things happens. Like, you have, like... We have like this expectation you have based on like how you saw your parents' marriage on, on the good on the good side of it. Like you saw how you know your mom treated your dad, how your dad treated your mom, and you have this expectation of of how it should be. And then when you go into your own relationships, you're expecting somebody to be how your mom was to your dad or how your dad was to your mom. And then when they don't do that, you're like, oh man, why why aren't you doing it that the way that they did it? Or you have the flip side of it where you know, you were a child of divorce or a child of a single mom and you just have like this, this, this hardened heart towards relationships and you think it should be this way. And you're trying to be very self-sustaining and, and you're going to a relationship where you have to be dependent on the other person and you're not allowing yourself to be open to them. And now you're disappointed in the way that they don't allow you to just be by yourself or they're bothering you. They're not leaving you alone and stuff like that. So I think those expectations play a lot into relationships. You know, like Quest said, like communication plays a big part in that. And a lot of times, a lot of us, we're not communicating with each other. We're just talking at each other and throwing insults at each other, mm -hmm. trying to figure out why it's not working. And the answer is right there in front of you. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Okay. Des, you got something else for us? So, so Quest, my quest, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, you know, when relationships either break up, or you're going through a, a tough time. You know, you start dealing with emotions. You start dealing with feelings and and whatnot. And you start doing stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Like, you know, prime example, I'll, I'll, I'll use my mom, for instance, right? When she was, you know, dating my dad and he was seeing somebody else at the time. And she got upset. She was mad. She was pissed. She was upset. And she went and slashed all four of his tires and sat there and waited for him to call the police. And, you know... She told me that after year after some years, she told me that what happened. I was like, "What?" And she said that was something I would never do. She said, "But I was just so angry and so upset and so mad that I couldn't see clearly, and I just did the first thing that I that I, that felt like the right thing to do." So, what is it about emotional pain that makes us so irrational? Um, man, it's funny you say that. Um, and the best way that I can drop into this is that emotional pain is a, it, it hurts, right? Um, but it is, it sits on the subconscious side of our brain because you have the conscious side and the subconscious side. I don't know specifically what it is about it that makes it hurt, but I know when we operate from that place of emotional pain, it's a clear indication that we're not thinking. Mm. We're definitely okay. When I when I'm starting to read through the books of you know Jay Niblick and you know those guys who do human behavior studies, right? They say that like for real in your subconscious side of your brain, like for real, there's a large percentage of the day where you're pretty much flying on autopilot. We're not a lot of the times very present and aware of all the things we do. So many things over and over again that it comes like second nature, clear. I promise you, before COVID hit, my wife used to leave here for work in the morning. I would pray over her. She would get in her car. She would drive to work, 
right? She would turn Joel Osteen on and listen to him when she got until she got to work. And then she'll call me and she's like, babe, it happened again today. I'm like, what happened? She said, I got here and I can't remember how I got here. What happened was her subconscious took over and that memory, right? That, uh, that uh, memorized data that her brain collected on the subconscious side of her brain. She knew when to stop at a stoplight. Mm -hmm. She knew when to make the turns or whatever, but she had been so off in her thinking that she wasn't paying attention to the operating on memorized data, right? And so not only is it memorized data that sits on that subconscious side, our emotions sit on that subconscious side as well, such that when these things happen to us, depending on how we handle emotional pain, Anytime that thing happens, memorized data takes over mm -hmm. and we respond to it the same way we respond to every other bad thing that set us off emotionally, right? And so it pays for us to really in those moments stop and breathe for a moment and just be like, okay, this don't feel good. I know it don't feel good. I'm angry as all get out and I want to respond, but I need to be careful because in my response, it may cost me more than I'm willing to pay, right? Mm -hmm. And if I do operate from that place, then it's a clear indication that I'm not thinking. But I don't know, Dex, what it is specifically about what causes us to feel that pain. But I do know that if we respond from that place, then chances are we're not going to have a rational response. I think that's why the word always declares be angry, but don't sin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because pain, especially with like, in, in romance and relationships, it does something to people. I've seen mm. people be completely incapacitated, yeah. um, not be able to function, mm -hmm. not going to work, not eating. They're, like This stuff is very serious. The pain from that is so bad that they've even be, been able to make full TV shows and series off of how people respond to finding out bad news about a relationship. For instance, Snapped has been one of the most popular uh, relationship shows unbeknownst Bro. because people have lost it in a romantic relationship. So it's not, it. it's very serious. We're not making light of it, nor are we saying that uh, this is just a small minute thing because it's it has deep impact on our lives. And especially like I said, millennials are going through a lot of changes right now. A lot of us are getting more independent. We're more so in um, our own lane now. Our parents are getting older. We're almost in that same phase that we once saw our parents in. Mm -hmm. But our relationships don't seem to be any better. We saw what our parents did and we hoped that we could do a little bit better. And mm -hmm. it's not going the way we thought. And a lot of people have been so heartbroken that they're like, you know what? I'm not sure about this thing. They're like, okay, I'm not here. Here's why I hear quest. I'm I need connection. I need to be close to somebody. I need to feel something from somebody, but I can't get with people. <laughs> it's the people part that I'm not too sure of. So quest, how, how do you know if you're ready to give love another chance? Like how can someone know if they're ready to get back out there and even start that process? I think when, I think we know when we're ready and I, well, and this is, this is strictly opinion. Um, I think I, we know when we're ready, when we're look, ready to look past ourselves, when we're ready to not make the relationship or the connection about us, when we're ready to enhance someone else's life, when we're ready to look past people's faults and see their needs, 
because here's the truth of the matter. I, I find that we all have baggage to some extent, some a little bit more, some a little bit less, some in between, but I think we're ready to jump back out into love or jump back out into relationships when we understand in and of ourselves that we're broken and that we can love somebody enough to help them unpack their baggage. Mm. And that, and that's, that's amazing. You say that because like me and my wife, we talk about that all the time. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Like before, like before me and my wife, like reconnected, cause we were friends at first and then we lost such and we reconnected, mm -hmm. you know, we were both like working on ourselves. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. checking on her. She wasn't checking on me. We were just working on ourselves, like just mm -hmm. focused on doing the work we needed to do because I still had hurt from past relationships that I needed to deal with. And I think when you reach that level of maturity within yourself, where you realize, you know what, despite that person hurting me, what did I do in that relationship that allowed, allowed them to think it was okay to hurt me? Like yeah. what character traits do I have or do I carry that makes it to where I make it okay for them, somebody else to hurt me? And why am I discrediting myself when it comes to a relationship? And those are things I had to come to grips with. And I'm glad you said that, you know, doing that work and doing that time, realizing that you're ready is so important. But Quest, what do you do? Hold on, hold on real quick. Pause. Hold on. Uh -oh. You said something. I don't want to skip over it. I don't want to skip over what you said because you said something that I know a lot of people were listening and they tuned out. So you said that you know that you're ready to give love a chance when it's not just about you. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. that, that because is, really, that's yeah, completely countercultural. No, it is. True. Because yeah. look, look at real Joe, when whenever we get into um a relationship, right? We're always looking or examining how is this person going to make me happy when that's really not even their job in the first place, right? Um, how is this person going to fill the voids that I'm looking for as it relates to relationship? That's not their job. Really and truly, when we're going into relationship, we're really examining this area to see if we are compatible, not chemistry. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm somebody who strongly believes in compatibility over chemistry, Right. I can build chemistry out of compatibility, but I can't build compatibility out of chemistry because we can have it today, but we may not have it tomorrow based upon our situation. Right. So if that be the case, we're always examining those different areas as as to how this person is going to. You know what I'm saying? Well, really and truly, that's not that shouldn't even be the goal. If you look at how marriage works, when you look at Ephesians 5, 5 and for this reason, shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave Please. to his wife? There's a whole lot in that word cleave. You feel me? And it's not for him to be, you know what I'm saying, to get from her what he wants. The whole purpose is for us to examine this area to see if you are a potential partner for marriage. And once we get to marriage, it's all about what I'm going to become and not what I'm going to get. You feel see? me? Man, and, and that's just it. Like, people don't understand that it's not about what you can get, but what are you giving? Yeah. Like, what, like, are are you, are you going to be the thing that you're expecting out of somebody else? And a lot of people don't want to give that because it's like I said this week, like, I'm doing this whole thing about, uh, like, conversations, like, on posts on Instagram. And one of the things I said was, you don't want 
uh, you want the benefits of having me. You don't want the responsibility. And a lot of people don't understand that like this is a responsibility that you have. My respect, my responsibility is my spouse and making sure that she has everything that she needs as a woman to thrive in our marriage. If she doesn't, then I'm failing because I'm not giving her what she needs. And a lot of people don't understand that that's that's what it's about. But but Quest, what would you say to people who who believe the opposite and say, I'm done with love and I don't believe real love is even possible? What do you say to those people? What you're saying is that you're not willing to change. You're not willing to budge from where you are as an individual. Love is not we, it, love is not what you get. It's what you bestow upon somebody else. Okay, we love Christ because he first loved us. <laughs> you, you see the example? So whenever you tell somebody, I'm, I'm done with relationships, I'm not, what you're saying is that you're not willing to make the necessary adjustments. You just said it a while ago. You want the benefits. You don't want the responsibility. That is that part for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that part for me. Like, you want the benefits of being in a relationship. Everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody don't want to die. We all love the end result, but we don't want to go through the process. Tell me how that works. I don't walk into a gym. I'm going through a fitness journey, guys, and I don't walk into a gym and say, all right, stand in the middle of the gym now. And then all of a sudden, whoop, whoop. you know what I'm saying? Like, no, you got to hit the bench. You got to. You, you know, you got to put your body through pain. You got to tear the muscles down. You got to feed the protein. They got to build back up. Like for real, you got to go through a process. And nobody wants to go through the process of what it takes to become a husband, a wife, uh, 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 whatever it is that you want to hold the title of. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> this week I was studying a lesson, a, a spiritual lesson. Right. And. It was talking about Abraham and it was talking about Noah and the components of a covenant. <laughs> and it said uh, 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 in, uh, in, the, in the covenants, it said that there was a, a, a responsibility by God to give an oath or a promise. Right. And not only did he empower us to do our part, but the covenant is not activated unless we do our part. Now, he a man that he shouldn't lie. So once I say this is what's going to happen, it's exactly what when he told Abraham, you're going to have. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to be activated once you play your part, which was give the tent that he was supposed to the Melchizedek. Then the whole thing was activated. And Isaac came along and he became the father of nations. He changed his name from Abram to Abraham, blah, blah, blah. So the two things that I want to know, keep in the forefront, though, is that there is a oath, a promise, right, a covenant. Right. When between God and and the covenant will be activated once we do our part. Right. It's the same thing when you go before a judge, a, a, a justice of the peace, a pastor, and you say, OK, good. I pledge I vow to be a husband for better or for worse in sickness and in health till death do us part. You know why marriages go into 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 trouble, right? It's because just what you said a while ago, Dex, they want what they want, but they don't want to go through the process. You don't understand. You made a vow. And the vow and the covenant is only activated when you hold up your end of the bargain. If you don't hold up your end of the bargain, then the covenant don't take place. The stuff that you said that you would do for better or for worse, you only get married for better or better. <laughs> right. So, you know so, 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 so hold on real quick. So this is also I'm, I'm hearing other people like they're saying, like, I get you. But here's the thing. 
So you're telling me I'm supposed to be giving in, in, in a relationship where I continue to get hurt or I go from relationship to relationship and it seems like people keep doing the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I keep getting the same result. I'm trying to give, but they keep taking advantage of my giving. What would your response be to someone who keeps experiencing hurt, even though they may be trying to give? I want to I want to find out what it is that you're doing to constantly attract that kind of person. I, I want to know what the routine is. What are you doing that puts you in position where you're constantly attracting these people that are taking advantage of you? I think that's what we need to examine. And once we find out what that is, then we can we see. My thing is that we always look at the fruit and not the root. Mm. We keep looking at the end result. It's not the end result. The end result is only producing what it's producing because we're looking at we, what's at the root. You don't plant orange seeds and get an apple tree. It just, it don't work that way. You right. know what I'm saying? So what is it that I'm planting that keeps yielding me this fruit? I, that That's it for me. You know what I'm saying? No, that makes perfect sense. And, and here's another thing. I, I love the, the word came up responsibility. Mm. Even though you have been hurt, even though you've had experiences in your dating life or relationship or marriage, there's still a level of responsibility you have to still bring about change. Mm-hmm. Because here's what is really disheartening, especially in counseling and stuff like that. When people sound like they have nothing that they can do, that everything just happens to them and they have no control mm-hmm. where they do actually have control. If you're in a bad relationship, you have the power to leave that relationship. You don't have to keep dating this person. If you're mm-hmm. married, you have an opportunity to say, hey, let's go in this different direction. Yes, you sir. Have to continue to for things to be the way they've always been. And I think for some people, when they feel pain, they go into a, they're very vulnerable, which makes them un. It, a lot of people, it depends on if you're fight or flight. When some people are hurt, they're going to fight it. They're going to fight whatever it is, whether it's beneficial to them or not. But some people are flight. They retreat. They do not want to face that. And I think whichever end you're on, you still have a responsibility to take responsibility for yourself in that situation. Whether you've been hurt one times, a hundred times, no matter what happened, you still have that um, responsibility to yourself to make sure you put yourself and if you're in a relationship, your partner in a better spot. So, so we're going to go ahead and transition into our flip the script segment and flip the script is the segment of the show where our guests will provide a simple tool or strategy for how to deal with a particular challenge or situation that we discussed in the show. So, so quest, here's your question. Mm-hmm. Someone may be sitting here and they may be hearing exactly what you guys said. And, the, and they're like, you know what? I do need to start taking responsibility. I do need to change my approach to how I'm doing love. So what can somebody do to prepare themselves to get back out there on the love roller coaster? Because we know it's up and down. It's going to go left and right and it's going to go fast and it's going to be slow. What can they do to prepare themselves to get back out there and give love a second chance? All right. One of the things that um, I've always encouraged people to do is to be informed on who you are and how you're wired. Be informed, information applied changes situations. I'm gonna say it one more time. Information applied changes situations. It be informed on who you are and how you're wired. One of the things that I always do whenever I experience a victory or when I experience a defeat, I take the disc assessment. 
Why? Because it's going to let me know where I am in terms of uh, um, my decisiveness. It's going to let me know where I am in terms of uh, interactions or relationship with people, whether it be platonic, romantic, right? It lets me know how I move in terms of pace and how structured I am in terms of quality, how detailed I am, right? And it'll let me know who I am when I'm operating as my natural self and when moments get challenging and I, you know, you know, dive down into who I am uh, uh, when I'm making um uh, adjustments, if you will, depending on what the situation is, right? Um, and so that is the first thing that I would do is I would find out some way somehow to find out who I am and how I'm naturally wired. Find out what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are. And here's the thing that I do for my weaknesses. I either put a system in place that handles, I shouldn't say weaknesses, where I'm talented and when I'm not talented. In my non-talent areas, what I always do is I put a system in place that allows to handle my non-talent or earn the right to hire someone to do it for me. Once I actually get into a relationship, now I'm gonna borrow what you said in the beginning. What you said in the beginning is that it is conversation that uh, uh, is what's going to change the needle. I think that's what you said in the beginning. Yeah. So conversation is what is going to change the needle. I need to have conversations with people and I need to have conversations with people from what I call my HMV lens with humility, maturity, and vulnerability, hmm. right? And letting people know what I want, what I don't want. Like for real, we too old in the game to be playing games with anybody. I ain't get, you know what I'm saying, Dex? Like I ain't got man. You know what I'm saying? If you if you over thirty, you ain't got no time to be playing no games with nobody. This life to be lived. Ten more years, you on the sunset side of life. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm already there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't got time to be playing games with people. Me and my wife talk about any and everything. Some conversations are difficult. Some are challenging. But I do it with humility, maturity, and vulnerability. It's not what happens to us in life. It's how we respond to what happens to us in life. And so if that's the case, those would be the two things that I would say to get us ready to go back into love. And there you guys have it. Quest, thank you for joining us this week. Man, it has been an honor and a privilege to rock with you guys, man. So please let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Okay. Um, on YouTube at Quest Green. Um, on Facebook at Quest Green on uh, Twitter at Quest Green on IG it's a little bit different it's Quest underscore Green Green like the color right but those are where you can find me on uh, on uh, social media all right and I will put all his information down in the show notes so you guys will have that for later please don't go clicking it now while you're in the car because we don't have insurance to help y'all pay for y'all car if y'all wreck it and take it drive. So we just thank you guys for listening this week. Please head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, comment, rate, and subscribe over there. If you're in podcast land, please head on over to Love Unscripted HD on YouTube where you can see the full-length episode for this show. So we just thank you guys for being willing to join us for another great conversation. I hope you guys have a great end to your week. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.